Hi guys, my name is Sebi Tennyson. Here with me is Joshua Matasha. Yay! So today we're going to be talking about the topic of if Dave Ramsey is a scam. And the reason mm. I brought this up is because I have a friend who was talking about how you know Dave Ramsey's words are gold, and he is you know leading people into financial liberation and financial freedom. And I wanted to dive more into it. Obviously, no, I don't <laughs> think he's a scam. But I really do feel like his audience is for people who are basically, you know, not as financially responsible or people who are just learning how to steward their money properly. Yeah, definitely. Because the first thing we have to think about is who's a scam. A scam is someone who says whether or not, you know, or mm -hmm. who represents false information. He definitely doesn't do that. For sure. Right. But I feel like for me, if you're thinking of growing generational wealth, at least, you know, pretty early or mm -hmm. rather quickly, I, I think you might want to graduate from the University of Dave Ramsey for sure. And uh, one of the things that the person I was speaking with said was, oh, you know, if I have all my money saved or if I'm able to get out of debt, then I'll be financially free. And in my opinion, I don't think so. Debt free does not equal financial freedom. I don't have any debt, but I'm not financially free. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely not. Exact example when you look at companies that like Apple, Disney, Google, and when you look at their balance sheet, they definitely have debt, right? Uh -huh. But there's a reason why they have that kind of debt. It's yeah. very cheap to borrow money. So they just take that almost free cash and they invest it in some other project and they get yeah. a really good return. And now they can repay their debt and still have some money left over. Yeah. That's profit. Obviously, people who are still learning how to, you know, control themselves from bad spending habits mm -hmm. and things like that shouldn't consider debt, whether be it controlled debt. And when I am speaking as an advocate for debt, I'm thinking more about controlled debt, risk assessments, you know, risk management, all that kind of stuff. Not just, oh, mm -hmm. you know, buy whatever, because I feel like there's an illusion, at least here in the American community, that you can afford things you really cannot exactly. because of line of mm -hmm. credit, financing opportunities, all of that is making people people delude themselves they can afford things they really can't yes but that makes sense what what then i'll add is when we look at his audience you know dave ramsey typically speaks to people who you know have made mistakes with their finances in the past for example we hear of people earn maybe thirty thousand a month i mean yeah. thirty thousand a year rather and they have a car of 40 or fifty thousand. you know yeah, that makes, that makes sense. no sense <laughs> at all yeah. right so these are like his major audience True. because before you can invest you have to have some kind of capital, yeah. right? But if you're in a hole, you owe a lot of interest. You can't even start investing, you know? Yeah. So you got to dig yourself out of that hole first. Yeah. Now you can talk about, oh, save for a bit, then use some of that money as a starting capital to invest. True. Uh, because I know we also spoke about, because of the idea of being debt-free, I know me and the person spoke about, oh, what would you do? Pay off your entire student loan or put a down payment for a home? Mm. And my argument is, if your student loans are less than $30,000, then I would argue that you should put in a down payment for a home. Mainly because after you know doing my research online, I found that a lucrative degree holder, right? Like mm -hmm. someone who is has a degree that a lot of people are pursuing, like take, for example, if you're into finance, accounting, social work, healthcare, all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. the average salary is around 30000 to $45,000 a year. So my take is like, if your uh, student loans are less than $30,000, you are in a position to expand your portfolio onto building something in real estate, especially if you're going to be paying rent anyway. Right. So I, I would personally say, 
why not go for a home? Why not put a down payment to a home instead? Yeah, so what I would say, I definitely agree with you, but there's so many moving parts. It's not just sure. a binary decision. I like how you spoke about, you know, the earnings power because that's something that's definitely important, right? Yeah. Um, and it also depends on how much you owe, right? You have to take that number and compare it to, okay, how much do I earn every year? Yeah. And how much am I going to pay for, you know, card car debt, you know, how much am I going to pay for uh -huh. groceries, gas, sure. all of that. And kind of look, okay, how much I have left? Yes. You know, when you look at how much you have left, they can decide, okay, which one is better off, you know, being spent mm -hmm. on taking out some of my student loan, you know, or using it to pay down a house. Because right? it's not like the government is going to arrest you or anything as long as you're putting the minimum payment, especially in a market that we have now that, you know, interest rates are pretty low, mm -hmm. housing prices are going up. I have a friend who they bought a house and in like 10 months, the equity of the house already went up to like 10 grand, mm -hmm. right? So that's huge because paying off because it's still a liability it's like yes. you're rushing over to pay off a liability i mean if it was like above thirty thousand dollars because of interest you might want to be like okay consider paying that off exactly but when it's less than that especially when you earn significantly more than that I, I don't see the... And debt could be really good for, like, tax purposes. You see a lot of companies do that, right? But mm -hmm. I definitely think that building wealth in that way is, for me, important. Yeah, for me, it also depends on the person, right? And also the down payment. True. Because different houses have different down payment requirements, mm -hmm. right? If the down payment is something reasonable that is not too much for you, yeah, then definitely go ahead. For you sure. Well, you know, most down payments now are pretty reasonable. You even have some people where they're like zero but down payment. Then reasonable is subjective. True. There's not just one fixed number. To so some yeah. people, thirty grand for as a down payment, oh, that's good. They will make it in a heartbeat. And some people, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't have this money yet. But zero know? down so payment does, for some depend. houses. Zero down, like you pay nothing. Yeah, but like, I mean, yeah. there's probably a caveat to that. Remember, true, in America, true. there's, there's <laughs> nothing, nothing free. Nothing is free. True. <laughs> you know, true. Nothing is free. Yeah. So those are just some of the moving parts yeah. you know, we have to consider when making this decision. And one thing I also emphasize is the debt is going to be there forever. Like You're yeah. not getting out of it. So it's something you should keep an eye on how much Definitely. you're owing student debt because this thing adds up pretty fast. We sure. all know about interest rates, uh -huh. right? Do the same way profits compound, you know, when you leave your money in a stock and the stock does well, man, your debt can also compound, you know, if you just live it out there uh -huh. and pay no attention and, you know, paying some of that down, right? For sure. I definitely do agree if you have a cash flow, don't just go all in and pay everything off. You I can agree. just have a plan. That's why I call it a plan. Every month pay make a certain payment, you know, that yeah. decreases at a certain rate while leaving you with enough money to still make a down payment on the house. Same deal with like when people I mean, except you're like a millionaire or something. Yes. Like when people pay off their entire house one time, put that two hundred thousand dollars plus into a home. Mm. I'm like, that's not really smart. <laughs> in my opinion, because like again, I just think like what if something hap happens to the housing market, you're tied into that asset for life exactly. but like for example if something would happen to the let's say something like 2008 would happen you have the opportunity to leverage with the bank and be like hey i can still make this payments but look at the housing prices let's work something now mm. and they'll be willing to do that because they don't want to own your house like exactly. they're not in the business of owning houses so putting all your eggs in one basket and that way is still not good that's why i think mortgages are amazing exactly so moving on to something else we talked about they're like oh yeah you know investing is good he talked talks about mutual funds and we should invest in mutual funds. And in as much as mutual funds are great, again, in my humble, humble opinion, right? In my humble, I don't think there is sufficient. We're not even talking about just like 
taxes and management fees, right? Mm-hmm. For the last five years, according to Investor Business Daily, mutual funds have able to have a they have a return of fifteen percent to forty percent. That's like the largest, mm-hmm. you know, it's the most. Bad, yeah, actually. it's not it's not bad. You're still beating the market. However, ETFs, on the other hand, right, no management fee. You still pay taxes, but no management fee has from 159.66% to 2,292.99%. And this is from ETF database. Yeah. (laughs) And, And you're not paying any management fee. And guess what? Mutual fund holders... Like mutual funds account, you can't just walk in there with a hundred dollars. You're gonna oh, yeah. get out of this they place, have you know. Requirements. Yeah, huh. they do have a lot of requirements, and for most mutual funds, between five to ten grand. Yeah, you gotta That's pay those yeah. ugly grads. Yeah, you know? exactly. And again, management fees they do creep up. Like, how much is your management fees? Then we're talking about taxes, so it eats up. But mm-hmm. with ETFs, if you just open one of your brokerage accounts, maybe Robinhood or whatever. You're able to go into like QQQ or ARK investment, depending on if you're super risky or if not, mm-hmm. maybe just drop into SPY I feel or part of the reason why he recommends it because a lot of people, you know, money's mm-hmm. a big deal for them. So True. it's not just financial, it's, it's, a, it's a mental thing. And a lot of people just feel better with the idea of, okay, this person is skilled at doing this mm-hmm. and that person is handling my money rather than just you yourself. You know, managing your own money. A lot, of, sure. a lot of people are more comfortable with, oh, you know, I'll just leave it to the, the quote unquote pros, you know. But they don't know that man is actually not that hard. It All really you have is to do not. is just buy the ETF, you know, and especially if it's a tech it. or growth ETF, and just relax. No, really, because like one of the person's mind was like, oh, ETFs are, they don't change anyone till like six months or whatever. Yeah. And I understand that. Like, uh, mutual funds are usually actively managed. Mm-hmm. However, Thank you, Kathy Woods. Exactly. She's now actively managing ARK ETF, right? With all these growth stocks like Tesla and Square Cash and Co., right? She's really actively managing them. So she, I believe, in the last five years had a 592% return. Mm. That's what? Almost five times yes. your money. Imagine if you invested all of your money in there. So I definitely feel like as people who are younger, there is uh, there, we should definitely think about taking a little more risk, you know, reward yes. to risk ratio, because yes, it might seem like a safe option, but when the reward is just really little, it's, it doesn't seem worth it to me. Yes. And in addition to that, even with, Car- with Kathy, which doesn't just have one ETF, they yeah. do have their flagship ETF, which is the ARKK, the ARK, but they even have other subsectors. Yeah. For example, they have the ARK-G, that's a yeah. genomic space. Yeah. They have the ARK-F, which is the fintech space. Mm-hmm. So they kind of give you exposure so into options. different, you know, growth industries. That's what I really like about her. Yeah. And it's kind of bringing back, you know, the actively managed ETF kind of revolution movement yeah. you know, back to the finance And world. more and more people exactly. are wanting their mm-hmm. uh, portfolios to be managed more actively. More and more ETFs are actually going into that sphere. Like, hey, we're adding... Because all these new emerging tech, tech companies, right, are mm-hmm. doing so much and have so much good prospects. So more and more uh, companies are adding them into their portfolio, you know? Yes. So I, I think I, he he's not even wanting to talk about <laughs> cryptocurrency at all. And I get it. You know, crypto is confusing and intimidating, right? But that's why you also have another ETF, which is BLOK. Yeah, Block ETF, right? So we have that, which also is pretty diversified. And these are people who are managing money really carefully. And guess what? We can do uh, things like stop losses. And Mm -hmm. if you see the uh, account going down, you can easily take out your money. However, the withdrawal process of 
mutual funds take a while. Not only do you have to be like, oh, uh, can I have my money back right now? They, they, <laughs> they would be like, oh, no, you know, come back. What, what do you need the money for? Yeah, Why are you rejoining? Yeah, yeah paperwork well. and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's like, no, it's my money. It's none of your business. Yeah. I could just be taking it out because I want to go but to, with I don't ETS, know, Cancun. You can just wake up in the morning and just literally sell it in. Two seconds later, boom, you have your cash back, right? Exactly, exactly. So I, I definitely think for me, at least people who are young and in college, ETFs are, at least for me, if you're thinking of being safe, the way to go. And if I could go back, I would have probably put all my money in Square. I wouldn't even really? lie. Yeah, I, I know you would argue hindsight, but like when you're having money less than two grand or whatever, mm-hmm. there is no point diversifying. <laughs> like diversification is a two-edged sword for someone who has yes. low... Like if you have $100, you have no business yeah, have diversifying. Because I know <laughs> like uh, when I first started, I will buy like one of Tesla, one of... Uh, I think I had... Uh, what was that one? Nvidia, I had one yeah, of that. Nvidia. I had two of Square because I was like, oh, I need to diversify. It's like diversification is people with like millions of dollars exactly. or thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> if you have less than five thousand dollars, you have no business diversifying. Yes. Really, you're safer at just putting your money in an ETF if diversification is really important to you. I totally agree with that. So again, I think it comes to risk profile and. After what happened in 2008, you know, a lot of people got scared off the market, right? Yeah. Jim Cramer, if you watch him on CNBC, <laughs> yeah. he says that well, he wants people to invest because yeah. after their, you know, the home crisis in 2008-2009, yeah. a lot of people got scared off, right? Yeah. And that's why a lot of people are like, oh, the stock market, oh, I'm nervous, you yeah. know? That's why they, they think diversifying is a safer way. And it might be, but your money's not going to grow. Exactly. Right? That's the it's point. Not, so now what we try to do is find a balance between, you know, having a moderate risk you know, and something that will give me a very high return. Mm-hmm. And that's where this growth ETFs come in, especially For with sure. the triple Qs, the QQQ. Yeah. You have the different ARC funds that you can also put your money in, yeah. you know, and as you grow, as you learn more about the market, you can start looking at some individual names. You For know? sure. And I would advise, obviously, start with the, the Bellwether stocks, the stronger stocks, you know, yeah. you have your Apples, you have your Disneys, you know, I that you can start say, with. I always say, if all else fails, Apple and exactly. Disney. That's it. If all I mean, else you're fails, not wrong. Yeah, because like, they're always going to be here. Yeah. I don't imagine like Apple leaving anytime yeah. soon, at least in the next 10 years. Exactly. I can't say four out, but at least guarantee the next five years is still going to be here. The next 10 years, stronger, but anything yes. longer, not really sure. Anything could happen, really. Facts. But I, I like the design. Even when I hear like my friend really talk about it, it was something she was always mentoring and she was always talking about retirement, retirement. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to live my best life right now. Uh-huh. Right? Like in this moment, too. <laughs> I'm trying like, to be a millionaire young. Not yeah, old. exactly. I mean, like the stock market obviously is not a get rich quick scheme whatever not. you know it takes time obviously i agree but i'm when you say retirement that's like what 65 <laughs> and i'm not trying to wait till 65 to you know enjoy but you know my the money. funny thing most millionaires are actually they make their they become millionaires and they turn above 50 so yeah. a lot of them don't make their money young i know but i'm not right? saying you you need to be a millionaire right now i'm just uh-huh. saying if you want to go on a trip to cancun you can't. Definitely. Right. But the thing is, like, if you're putting your money in just mutual funds or IRAs or... Oh, yeah. Inve- you can't take them yeah, out. Yeah, you just can't take them out on a whim so or... Yeah. And it's it's a lot tougher to do that. So I, I would recommend definitely adding a little bit of risk to your life. Obviously, risk assessment, yeah. more controlled risk. Controlled risk. <laughs> controlled risk. That's yes. the phrase. Controlled debt, controlled risk. Obviously, if you feel... 
still you don't feel convinced by this, you don't have to. This is just some tips that have really helped me grow mm-hmm. my money uh, in my account almost 70% return. And that's for someone who made a lot of mistakes starting yeah. now, right? And I even have a friend who really took this way out of proportion where he <laughs> took a good chunk of his savings and put everything in Bitcoin. And I think he got Bitcoin around like 30K. Oh, so he's price. pretty, yeah, pretty, de- well, not really good because it was like 30K, <laughs> but like pretty I decent mean, compared price. To it is oh, today, true, true. It's almost time and, and JP Morgan just said it, they're rating it to what? 130 130K. Yeah, a 100, price that's target. huge, right? That's huge. So he puts everything in there. But guess what? If anything happens with Bitcoin, he's always yeah. scared. So I definitely wouldn't advise anyone no, to do that because do it. Bitcoin and crypto is still a speculative asset. You know, true. if stocks, you know, even bonds today are not stable. They're still volatile. Yeah. Imagine how much more Bitcoin is, right? So do not put your entire savings in no, Bitcoin. Now, that. if you have, you know, a decent amount of savings, you can take a little a little bit and, you like know, a little change. test like the water. Like 1% of your portfolio, yeah. I think, yes. should you should dabble exactly. into crypto for Because sure. now you have institutional backing. I remember two, three years ago, you had a Goldman Sachs, Jeff Morgan said they will never, ever, you know, talk about and put your money in crypto but now you have tesla you have visa mastercard square Square, all open you know to working with cryptocurrencies yeah and even like so that's definitely a good sign so i i definitely think like obviously yeah dave ramsey is not a scam for sure no he's not and controlled debt is definitely important controlled risk is important knowing when to go in knowing when to go out and understanding what you're investing in i think that's a misconception with a lot of people they don't understand what they're investing in. Yeah. You're not investing in like something, you know, imaginary. This is these mm-hmm. are actual companies. Look at we're looking at uh, Apple's cash today. They have like what, almost or fifty, 50 billion, billion yeah. in cash. That's ridiculous. They're going nowhere, <laughs> you know. So it's like. And we have Disney that controls, like, the media entertainment space, Yeah, they right? started a streaming service as well. Yeah, yeah, they've been breaking If you records. ask me, one of the reasons why a lot of people, you know, talk about, oh, is the market a get-rich-quick scheme is yeah. because some people treat the market as a casino. casino. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not a casino. A stock isn't, isn't, isn't gambling, you know. You're investing in actual companies. For sure. You know, and I think social media might have contributed a little bit <laughs> yeah, to that, you know. Exactly. When you see someone make it, oh, 200%, you just jump in a stock. No. Yeah. Like do your own due game. diligence and research. I'm like, okay, sure. now I'm confident in yeah. investing in this company. You know, So I that will go a long agree. way in helping you. And in the matter of even savings, my dad said something that I really like. He was like, saving is the seed for the harvest. And the harvest is when you invest. That's oh, what you get word. out of it. <laughs> Not word. Go away. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, because like I've never seen anyone that saved their way into being a nah, billionaire. You just can't. And I feel like even saving is shortchanging yourself because yeah. it's – that's where money goes to die, basically, Fast. because the time value of money, it just sitting there and not growing. You're Have missing you seen out. interest rates from banks on Honestly, savings? Oh, my gosh. It's pitiful. It's criminal. I'd <laughs> rather put my money in a dividend ETF. At least yeah. I'll get something back. 100%. You know, it's, it's criminal. 100%. Even putting it in, like, BAM. Mm-hmm. They they give back like I mean I mean I have a few shares in there and they just give me like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, per share. Yeah, per share. It's so it's like a, yeah, so it's just like shoot, that's that's messed up. But that's a lot. Do you know the funny thing? That's a whole lot more than what you yes. get in savings. Because in my savings account, I have way more in my savings account than I do in the BAM, mm-hmm. and. My savings, the interest I got from there was like zero point four six. Wow, percent? No. 
$46. Like cents. 46 cents. Oh, my cents. gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was 46 cents. That's literally all I that got. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and one thing that even makes it more bothering yeah. is inflation. Man, if inflation is, is going to rise this year, at least a little bit, now the interest rate is even less. Right, because if the inflation rate is higher than how much the bank is giving you, you're actually losing money. In yeah, your savings yeah. Because stuff is getting more expensive. Seriously, getting more expensive. That's yeah. why I always encourage people. You know, it's good to have liquidity, have some money in your savings account in case anything happens. But invest, please. <laughs> I beg <Invest>. you. Invest. <laughs> invest. Put your money in the market. That yes. if you get nothing out of what we're saying today is, take a risk, guys. Take yes. risks. It pays off. I promise you. If I had known way earlier, when I started getting more confident, and it's when I went in, get in slowly. Don't be afraid. Mm. It seems intimidating, but the truth is, I think they intentionally make it sound intimidating to get people out exactly. of it. Because they know a lot of people will make so much money. Like, get in. Get in. It's not as hard. It's really not rocket science. Dare I say it's pretty easy. Yes. I remember I was watching CNBC the other day and one of the presenters was like, it's actually more risky not to be in the market I know. than it is to be in the market. Yes, because you're losing because out you're so much. Because you're actually losing money. You know, yeah. if you're not in the market, you're all cash, you're in your savings account, you know, and inflation is ticking up. Even if it's a little bit, you're actually losing money yes. because stuff is getting more expensive True. and your cash is remaining the same. Exactly. Right. Then let's not even talk about time value of, of money, money as of. well. It's, oof, it's just no. But yeah, that's that's all we have for you today, folks. Yep. It was it was a joy talking about <laughs> Dave Ramsey. I really loved it. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode of Make It Make Sense. Yes, and sir. enjoy the rest of your afternoon or day or evening or whenever you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Bye, guys. <laughs>